0: Jesus, thank you for this church. Thank you, God, for a new year. Thank you for 2022. Thank you, God, for protecting us, watching over us, and seeing us through difficulties, hardships, sickness, whatever it is that comes our way. Thank you, God, that we're resilient. And thank you, Lord, that because of your love, your care, and the blood that you shed on the cross, Lord, we can walk upright with you, divinely protected all the days of our lives. Help us to be smart and to use wisdom and what we put into our body, how we take care of ourselves. Thank you, God, that you've made us temples of the Holy Spirit. And thank you that you're going to give us a great ability to live a long, healthy life. I come against death, destruction, sickness and disease, even in this house. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are uh, working a great work within us to make us stronger and healthier and more resilient for what lies ahead. Thank you for all the new visitors that are here today. Thank you for those that are watching on the live stream. And I thank you, Lord, for helping me to convey this message that you've given me for the year to come. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I believe that 2022 is going to be a year of resets. But to understand the reset, we have to understand what God has set and what God hasn't set in place. To set something in place means to put something where it belongs. It's to put something in its proper position, its proper order, the proper condition, or the proper posture. It means to set a proper value. It's also in relation to each other, to set people beside one another that can work together for a purpose and a plan. It's to be placed or planted firmly, to resolve, settle, or make a decision, To set means to present as a model and a place before others as a standard, to fix as a given point of calibration, and to cause to take a particular direction. There's so many things that require being set in order, and sometimes things get set out of order. In music, we set words and voices to sound, or vice versa, and arrange them for a musical performance. In theater, we arrange and prepare scenery, property, lights, and props for an act or a scene. It's called a set. Sailors spread and secure their sails to catch the wind. In printing, we arrange documents with countless specifics for proper printing. From banking to building to sports and medicine, everything has a set to it in order for the next proper thing to take place. However, sometimes our set gets offset meaning things get out of line or out of balance. A small deviation or distance takes place, which in turn causes things to become counterproductive or counterintuitive to where the effect is now opposing or contrary to the purpose or design. I have a a saying I say in my life, I live by this motto almost every day. Y'all know what it is. Things don't go wrong, they start wrong. How you start something, how you build something is so vitally important. The things that you decide to align yourself with, give your time to, give your energy to, give your focus to, everything is a sacrifice and everything is a test. We're living in a constant world of decisions, sacrifices, and tests in everything that we face. But sometimes the decisions that we make need to be changed. We're going to talk about that. Sometimes they were right, but God said what worked in the past is not going to work In the future. When things get offset, it can be extremely destructive if they don't get corrected. I'll give you an example at my coffee shop in Port Aransas. I have a $35,000 gelato machine out there. And for a good solid year, that machine kept breaking down. Expensive parts would break down. In fact, one time the machine eventually caught fire. I was in a service here. With Brad McClendon when I got a call that there were fire trucks at my coffee shop in Port Aransas and the whole shop was full of smoke and every time that machine would break down it would cost me a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars not to not to count the loss of the gelato when it wasn't in stock so I would lose a good four or five thousand dollars every time that machine would break down and it would always break down on a Friday night or Saturday morning, right in the middle of summer. It just seemed to never fail. But what we finally discovered was that the electrical current that was going to the Gelato machine, it's a 220 machine, it wasn't getting enough amperage or voltage, I'm not an electrician, but it wasn't getting the proper power. And what was happening was that power was adjusting consistently. Part of it was due to a bad transformer and the electrical grid in Port Aransas is a mess or was a mess. And so, the machine kept getting surges or wrong power connected to it. And in turn, it would consistently break, which required a massive, massive expensive overhaul of adding additional transformers to the building. If you build a house on a wrong foundation, if it's just slightly off, or if there's a slight crack in the foundation, it may not cause a problem for many years to come, but the weight, the storms, the weather patterns, droughts, cold, heat. I mean, we live in South Texas, right? right? So shifting takes place. Weather patterns take place. Storms take place. Now think about your life personally. If you start something in a relationship that is out of God's design, God doesn't let it stay that way. So at some point, God comes to correct you. And if you think that you're okay, eventually it combusts because that small crack Over the course of time, and the weight and the pressure and the hardship eventually caused the foundation to sink. I had a house on Sandpipe Road for off Ennis Jocelyn. That little area right there was known for shifting foundations. $15,000 to bring in piers into the ground to, to lift that foundation. The foundation had to be reset because it shifted. And this leads me to talking about being set in your ways. You knew I was going somewhere with this. (laughs) To be set in your ways is defined as being unwilling to change your habits, behaviors, thoughts, and opinions. We become so fixed in our habits and belief systems that we're unlikely or unwilling to change. Being set in your ways almost always leads to pride, being inflexible and nearly impossible to work with. And we tend to become more set in our ways the older that we get. But see, that's a human nature mindset. The Bible makes it very clear that the older we get, the more we should come to a place of realizing the less that we know. So in Paul's life, the older that he got, he would say, the more I think I know, the more I'm realizing I know nothing, right? So I love the I know nothing mindset. It's the mindset of humility. It's the mindset of realizing that as you get older, God begins to reveal himself more to you. You know, in the Bible, there's this pattern of growth. It's baby, child, young adult, young man, parent, father. And it's the fathers that really know God. And so as you grow in your ways with the Lord in time, the older you get, the more childlike you should become and the more you begin to know the Father's heart. You fall more in love with the Father and you become more childlike, not childish. Your childish ways get put behind you as you mature in the Lord spiritually, but your childlikeness should increase. You should become wilder. You should become more extravagant. And the problem is is that religion and church and hardships of life cause us to become what I call stiff mature adults of God and that's nowhere in the Bible. Struggles, challenges, money, pressures, family, combusting, people spinning out, hardships, the economy, the world politics, people stabbing you in the back and then what happens is we become more jaded and then we develop this I know it all mentality. We become set in our ways, and then we lose the wild extravagance of who God is. And I told the Lord a long time ago, I never want to lose the wild extravagance of who you are. I want to be like a child again. And that's why the Bible says, unless you be converted and become like a child, you can't see the kingdom of God. There's a conversion process that has to take place as you get older. You're converted back. It's a great reset in your life to take you back to your first love, to take you back to the beginning, to take you back to your roots. So our, our prayer should be, God, take me back to my roots. Take me back to my first love. Because if you lose your first love, woo. You lose the wild beauty and radiance and excitement of who God is. And some of you've never even had Jesus as your first love. Your first love was your high school love or your high school sweetheart. Your first love is your spouse or your children. But God's not going to let anything come before him. And when Jesus is your first love, every other love becomes way, much, way better. So to be set in our ways is really a disdain to the Lord. It's, it's the root of pride. Sometimes our set ways started right, but over time, a slight deviation took place through forced outside change out of your control or power, right? So COVID, our nation, the economy, there are so many things that happen around us that in many ways are out of our control and power, which is gonna cause us to have to reset the way that we do things. Maybe the way that we spend our money, maybe the way that we plan, maybe the way that we dream and think with God or spend time with the Lord or what we put our priorities into. Sometimes your set ways were off to begin with, and it was going to require you humility to be introspective and to reflect and say, I've had this wrong from the beginning. My marriage with Amber started wrong. And I was pastoring and surrounded by a lot of great people. They were only slight deviations. They were very slight cracks in the foundation. Very slight uh, fractures. But a slight fracture is still a broken arm. And for me, what I realized was many, many years later, I had to readjust and go back to that foundation and bring some repentance and some healing to that place so that it would shift our Moving forward. Sometimes our set ways were good for a season, but then we became comfortable. Or those ways of old or today won't work for the ways of tomorrow. What worked yesterday may not work today. What's been working for you may not work for tomorrow. Sometimes our set ways become offset and that's when you need a reset. A reset means to set again or differently. It means to make an adjustment or fix in a new or different way. It means to replant. Resets in us, resets in others, resets in our routines and comfort zones, jobs, positions, titles, friendships, relationships, time management, doctrine, church service, spiritual disciplines, etc. God gave me a reset in July of 2020 for seven hours while I cried with him and he just Gave me a spiritual spanking like I'd never felt before. And I've had many spiritual discipline moments with the Lord. But this one was God showing me all the offsets in my life that needed to be reset. I didn't understand his perfect love. I had issues in my heart towards other people that I was harboring and not talking about. Subtle areas of pride. Subtle areas of fear. Subtle areas of shame. Things that I had been teaching about. God came to me and said, you have really no idea what you're talking about And by the way, I want you to confess that to the church. But then he showed me I was still in it because I worked with what you knew, but let me show you the deeper depths of what you don't know. And that's the mindset that we all have blind spots. All of us do. And the minute that we get set or stuck in our ways is the minute we stop changing, we stop shifting. And then everything stays the same. Being set always leads to being stuck. Now, I'm not talking about the things that God sets in place that are good and are eternal my relationship with Jesus is set. I am born again. It is set. My eternity is secure. It is set. My identity is set, but I'm discovering and learning that more as I grow with God in life. You're in a constant discovery process. One of the best words that you can use in your vernacular is I'm in discovery. Now that's not a cop-out, but it's this understanding of saying, hey, I don't know, but I want to know. In fact, I get asked questions all the time. People are like, man, you're the pastor. You should know. I've had more joy in saying to people, I'm not really sure about that. Because the minute I think I have it all figured out is the minute I become set in a belief system. And the truth is, is God's way bigger. God knows way more than I know. So I stand on his word. I stand on what he shows me, but I'm also always willing to be flexible to shift and to change. Change is inevitable. God always wants us to shift and to become more like him, which is a constant process of set, reset, set, reset. And more often than not, if almost every time, God is the master resetter of our lives. He's the master resetter. And if something's off because of his great love for you, he constantly hits the reset button. He's constantly hitting the reset button. Set often leads to a lack of desperation, hunger, thirst, and desire and knowledge for the new. But after God resets your life about a thousand times, you find yourself actually loving and looking forward to the next set He wants to put in place. God's not gonna let you stay comfortable. Comfortable's not a fruit of the spirit. Neither's haphazard. So God comes to change and mix things up. Think of a deck of cards. Instead of a nice shuffle machine, he throws all the cards on the table and shuffles them all up repeatedly with his hands and the breath of his word, mixing, shifting, and changing things up. And I've often found my life in this constant pattern of reset and change. And just when I think I might have something figured out, God says, oh, let me show you something else and let me shift you and let me move you. So after a period of time, you start to actually look forward to change. And then you start to know when it's coming. Like I have a thousand, all of you have a thousand examples of change and reset in your life. Some of you are moving, you're transitioning. I gave a word on Friday night that I believe this is a year of transition, shifting, changing, moving, moving vessels, moving positions, lots of new people coming. Some will be going, some will be moving. God's realigning his kingdom for the purposes of what lies ahead. But if you're not willing to say yes and Lord shift me and change me, you'll become set and stuck in your ways and you're going to die there. Yeah. And you're stubborn and hard-headed and prideful. Same routines every day. Same place, same drive, same work, same schedule, same everything. And God's not pleased with it. And so what happens is, is if you aren't willing to allow him to reset your life, then he has to force the reset. And then it really spins you out. Yep. Now, I've been, I know this because I've been in forced resets a countless, countless times. Yes. It's like, reset. It's like, oh, okay, I got it. I got, oh, I'm settling in. Reset. Oh, this feels good. I'm sorry. Reset. It's like, reset. It's like, reset. And see, when you don't pass the reset, you get a retest. How many of you like retests? I mean, come on. <laughs> I got failed the test. I got to take it again. <laughs> Reset, retest. God will never let you stay in a place where you're not desperate, hungry, thirsty, and have a desire for His new thing ever. And if you're comfortable, you better prepare yourself. It'll come the easy way or the hard way. Yeah, revelation or tribulation? Thank you. <laughs> and when God sets the set in place after the reset, he maintains it. Psalm 16, verse 5 through 6. I, I really almost titled this message, Maintain My Lot. Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. So, oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. God has a set portion and a set inheritance for you. Yes. And guess who, main, who wants to maintain it? But see, if God's not maintaining your set portion and your lot, who is? If God's not building your house, if the Lord's not building your house, you're wasting your time. You're laboring in vain. So God's not going to let you go into 2022 and beyond if he's not the maintainer of your lot. I love thinking about a lot. If you own a home, you have a lot. I have, I have set borders and parameters about, around my property. It's a lot that I own. Well, the bank owns it until I can pay it off, but technically I own it. And so there's a portion and there's a set boundary in my life, in your life, and God wants to be the one that maintains it. But if ever there comes a spot that you get into maintenance mode, you better get ready for a great reset. And what happens in the great reset is things manifest. He hits the button and all the stuff comes out. Do you ever feel like, man, everything was really good and then all of a sudden, what happened? It seemed like a suddenly. Let me assure you, there's never a suddenly. God does suddenlies, but for us, what seems like a suddenly has been something that's been a slow fade for a long period of time. My wife and I don't just randomly combust. There are issues that have been buried or not dealt with over a period of time. So when they manifest, if I'm set or stuck in my ways, guess what happens? It's not good. But if I'm willing to readjust and readapt, see, readjustments re- require readapting. New environment. When we move to the new sanctuary this year, you're gonna have to readapt. There's something nice about these, how this feels in here. It feels intimate, it's full, there's unity, it feels great in worship. But when we step into the new sanctuary, everything's going to require a readapting. When God moves you to a new city, some of you have been moved here recently. It's all readapt. It's a great reset that God brings to your life. Positions, title, friendships, relationships. And if anything's in your life that's contrary to his design and you're born again, you better get ready for the great reset. So you've heard the saying, don't hold on to anything so tightly so that God doesn't have to pry it out of your hands. Instead, keep your hands open and hold everything loosely because it's his to begin with. So the Lord maintains your lot. Verse six, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. So I love this. God's desire is for pleasant places and smooth lines of orchestrated, excellent structure in your life. God has a design and his design is perfect. But when you're out of his design you're out of your mind. It's inevitable. If you get out of God's design, you'll go out of your mind. So in God's great love for you, he hits the reset button and replants, repositions, reshifts your thinking. So I thought maybe in July of 20 that I was good and had no fear in my life. I've been, ai am pretty much a fearless kind of guy. I really don't fear a lot. And I've learned God's not given me a spirit of fear. But then all of a sudden in July of 2020, on July um, 5th, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. I thought that I had COVID. I couldn't breathe. I battled really bad asthma and my lungs were closing up and I thought I'm going to have to go straight to the hospital and the terror on another level hit my life. Now, several people had this happen to them. And that's where I got the word that God was using the Corona to kill man's Corona. It means crown. So what crown is on your head? If it's your own crown, God is going to do whatever it takes to exchange it. But the other crown that comes crucifies you. And so it was all about God crucifying anything in me that wasn't right. And he'll consistently use situations, circumstances, and people and places. Or Isaiah 42.9 is the easy way. Isaiah 42.9 is, behold, God actually wants to do something new and hit the reset button and do something completely different than what you've ever thought. And before it happens, he shows it to you. Before it springs into being, God wants to reveal it to you. So if you'll start getting into the discipline habit of sitting at his feet, you can start to see the resets before they come. And then it's like, I feel like a shift's coming. Or I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to shift or I need to change. I already start to know now in advance after walking with the Lord enough, I can sense and feel in advance the resets coming. And then he begins to prepare you in advance instead of just throwing you into it and you feel lost or bewildered. But you'll feel lost and bewildered if you're not listening and communing with the Lord in advance of what he wants to say and do. Many, many if not all of us in this sanctuary are going to be going through great resets and great changes this year. And a lot of times, God just comes in and just does a massive shift, and it's all in perspective. It's all in how you see. It's a paradigm shift. You you thought you had it figured out this way. And God says, "Wait a minute, let me show you this." You didn't even have any idea. And the best thing he says, "Man, I had no idea. I thought I knew God's love." He's like, "Yeah, you have no idea." And he still tells me that. It's like you think you know my love, but I love my love so much bigger. My love is so much deeper. And the faster we come to the place of saying, man, I don't have it all figured out, but I want to. Lord, what do you want to show me? The faster we get to his feet, this you will not survive what's coming ahead without intimacy in your life. And then God's not going to let you stay the same in it. Anytime I get into these, I have these, he lets me do these seasons of habits and routines, and then he changes it. I've told the story many times. I used to go sit under the bridge right here at the turnaround. I have all these spots I like to go to. And anytime I get comfortable in one spot, God moves me to another spot. But I never wanted to get out of this spot. I loved sitting in this spot over here. And then one day, I told you guys the story, right where I parked my truck, somebody left a live hand grenade. It was in the news right here on the turnaround, right where I parked my truck. And God said, you better change your spot. I quickly found another location. See God's always shifting and God's always moving. He's always shifting and moving. If you want to reset, then you then you if he wants a reset, then you have to readapt. What does it mean to readapt? It means that we become adjusted to changed conditions again and again and again. I don't want worship to stay the same. I told the band, get out of the box. I don't want a cover band. I don't want to just sing everybody else's songs anymore. I don't want to preach other people's messages. I want to preach what God gives me, which is actually me preaching in a way a lot of other people's messages, like Paul. I'm constantly sharing what he shares. But these are downloads that God gives me. So the way we worship, the sanctuary, the layout, the design, the styles, God God is not into formula. He's into patterns. And the minute you get into formulistic thinking, God's going to change it up. And if your life's not his, you're not going to understand when things change. You either have lordship or you don't. Have lordship and let God change it up. Mess mess me up, God. That's one of the best things you could say. Mess mess me up. I don't want to stay the same. I can't stay the same. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, to everything there's a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plan, a time to pluck up what's planted, a time to kill, heal, break down, build up, weep, laugh, mourn, dance, a time to cast stones, gather stones, embrace, refrain from embracing, a time to gain, lose, keep, throw away, tear, sow, silence, speak, a time to love, hate, war, peace. The question is, what time is it? That should be the question. Because this whole section of chapter is all about sets and resets. There's probably not a better example, set, reset. You're doing it this way, I'll do it the opposite way. There's, it's all in timings and seasons. So you have to understand the times and the seasons that we live in. And the only way you're going to understand the times and seasons is through intimacy with him and only listening and doing what you hear him say and do. Which is going to require so much more of us. If you're going to step into the year of the key of David... The key of David gives you an authority to open and close what no man can open or close. And Jesus said that he would give you the keys, but those keys come with a price. It has nothing to do with your anointing. It has everything to do with your sacrifice. It's like, man, I'm so anointed. I'm getting an extra key. No, you're not. I don't care how anointed my son is. There's a ton. I'm not putting an AR in his hand. At seven. So it has nothing to do about giftings. It has everything to do about sacrifice. And we'll sacrifice our time and our lives for the things that matter the most to us. But what we should do is what matters the most to Him. Genesis 1 and 2 is a whole two chapters of sets. He spoke and things were set. Where there was disorder, he set. He set the foundations of the earth. He set the garden in place. He set Adam and Eve in the garden. He set the rules in place. He set the expectations in place. He set the garden in place. And in Genesis chapter three, we had a massive offset that was counterproductive, counterintuitive, and would ultimately poison the entire world for every generation to come since then. The Old Testament is full of sets and offsets. But Jesus was the ultimate reset. And Jesus is the only one that can really reset your life. There's tons of biblical examples of resets. The fall of man. The flood. Was a, the flood was a massive reset. The Tower of Babel. Abraham and Isaac. Think of the test to go up the mountain to sacrifice his son. Judges were put in place. Then they cried out for kings. And so all those judges and kings had issues. They were set in place. They got offset. So God brought a reset with one final king, the king of kings. God would use anointing oil in the old Testament and the laying on of hands today to commission and set, people in position. One of the best examples is the wineskin. If you aren't constantly allowing yourself to become a new wineskin, then when God pours new wine into you and it ferments, see the intoxicating power of God's word and promises, it always does the same. So if you ask for it or he puts it into you, if you don't shift and adjust, it will destroy you. So God constantly has to shift you and reset you so that he can put new things in you so you can contain what's coming in front of you. God wants you to be intoxicating, but the intoxicating power of God's word inside of you, if you don't become moldable, pliable, and flexible, always ready to shift, always ready to learn, always staying humble. That's why God lifts up the humble. Humble yourselves and God will exalt you in his time, in due time. But if you're prideful, God always tears you down. Pride goes before destruction. And there's lots of different types of pride. Not putting God first in your life is a form of pride. Not sitting at his feet consistently can be a form of pride. Thinking I can do it without him is the biggest form of pride. Or trying to do it in my own strength is pride. Acts 15 was an awesome example of Paul and Barnabas on a missionary trip together, splitting because they had a massive disagreement about taking John Mark with them because John had bailed out on him before. So Paul was upset. They had a disagreement. So they separated ways. They were set through the laying on of hands, went out on their mission trips, got in a disagreement, got offset, split. But then later... God would reset and bring them back together. It's an awesome story. I don't have time to teach you. Walking on the water in the midst of the storm, get out of the boat and walk. Stop staying in the comfort zone. This church can't stay the same. You can't stay the same. God won't let our nation stay the same. As much as I hate the things happening with the laws that are being implemented in the land and what I see, I also can see God not caught off guard and having a plan and a purpose because I know Psalm 2 and I know God's not saying, man, I didn't see this coming. And I know that he's the Lord and I know he's got his eye on you and me. I think he's got his eye on us more than anything. Our responses, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit back idle? Are we going to be a 1973 church or are we going to be bold as lions? Are we going to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves? Are we going to be confident? Are we going to be apostolic in nature? Are you going to take territory? Or are you going to build a nice suburbia yuppie lifestyle where we raise our nice dogs and animals and live lives unto ourselves? That's not what I want to do. I'm thankful for my property, my animals, and my kids, and I soak it all up, but I make massive amounts of sacrifices, which comes with great amounts of persecution I've had more people manifesting on me in the last five days than I can remember in a year. Scathing tech. People are just combusting. The world is combusting, folks. People are angry, hurting, fearful, mad, and they're going to take it out on you. And the nicer you are, the more they're going to persecute you. And after it happens about a hundred times, your skin gets thick and you just bless them and you learn to turn the other cheek. Oh, you slap me with slander, turn the other cheek. Oh, you called me this with slander, slap me right to my face. Think about the slap in your face and turning the cheek. It's all about your countenance because his countenance has to be your countenance. So are you going to allow yourself to get angry and frustrated about the world around you or the fact that you combusted? If things combust, check yourself before you wreck yourself. We're all in a great reset and must readapt. Changes on us and there's no going back to staying normal. I don't, it's like Jesus is the only normal thing I know. Some of you are out of position for all kinds of reasons. You're hurt. You're angry. Somebody did you wrong. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And maybe it's you. That's why you have to check yourself. No one, no one in here can be prideful and arrogant. Religious pride is one of my biggest disdains, and you should never see that with me. That's why I'm first to say, I may not know, and I can learn from you. We need each other. It's bottom-up leadership. You're here to serve and propel other people. Don't get haughty and prideful and arrogant with all your knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Some of you are set in your ways. Some of you are terrified of change. Some of you feel stuck and are desperate for change. The question is, what time is it and who's maintaining your lot? And finally, I'll leave you with these two awesome biblical concepts of reset in the Bible. The first one is shaking, the shaking out of crooked paths. The Bible has a lot to say about crooked paths and a whole lot of shaking going. I've been, I'm, I know I'm going to do a series this year titled a whole lot of shaking going on. So prepare yourself for that one. I'm just telling you it's coming. Isaiah 42, 16, I will bring the blind by a way they didn't know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness. I love this. I will make darkness light before them. Why? So this is how I read it. I will, every dark path that's in front of you that you may not see, I'll make light in front of you so that if it's crooked, I can make it straight. Every crooked place he's going to make straight. Here's an awesome prayer for you to walk out of, out with today. If there's any crooked way in me, Lord, make it straight. And then prepare yourself if you prayed it and meant it. Because he has this way of doing it in ways that sometimes you don't like. But it's not about what I like. It's about my health and my family and my future and you and me. And God, if there's a crooked way in me, if I have a crooked path, Lord, please correct it now. That's why judgment starts with the house of God. That's why in 1 Corinthians 11, the apostle Paul in teaching about communion says, if we would judge ourselves, we won't come into the judgment of the world. It's check yourself before you wreck yourself. He'll make crooked paths straight. These things I'll do for them. I'm not going to forsake you. God's not going to forsake you. Hebrews 12. Oh, I wanted to teach on this today, but maybe another time. Verse 27. Now this phrase once and for all, is all about the fact that God is going to make a final decision and everything that can be shaken will be shaken once and for all. It clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. This is why I say, hey, if things start manifesting, let the springs pop and the O-rings bust. If you got something going on inside of you that God wants out, he's going to... So when I start manifesting on my wife or other people or situations, the first thing I've learned to do is Lord, check my heart. And if there's something inside of me, I I need to deal with it. Because more often than not, the minute I start playing blame on anybody else, the minute you start playing the blame game, the minute God's looking right at you. So shaking, that'll be coming. And then finally, repentance. To me, not only does repentance just to mean like, man, I feel like garbage for what I did, or I feel bad for what happened, or I realize I was off, but it really means ultimately to change the way you think, which changes the way you believe, live, and act. It means to realize I got offset. I feel bad about it. Now I need a reset. Come on. The best thing you can do is repent. Okay. Repentance is the golden key because yes. it's forgiveness. It puts everything in order. It repentance is the essence of humility. Mark 1:15, the first message Jesus preached when he showed up on the scene. I love this scripture. Man, I love this scripture. This is Jesus shows up on the scene. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And this is the first thing he taught. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Three things. Now's the time. I'm standing right in front of your face. Repent. Stop being prideful, arrogant, haughty, and thinking you have it all figured out. Humble yourselves, and in due time God will lift you up. Pride doesn't it can't stand in this house. And allow God to bring the resets. Reset. Repent and believe the truth instead of the lie. The good news. That no matter what happens, see, I already know no matter what happens in the economy, God made a promise in Jeremiah 17 and in Psalm 1, the man who hopes and trusts in the Lord is going to be like a tree planted by the water with green leaves at all times. So if you get in a drought, I'm in a green leaf. I'm not talking about you in personal, but the world system, your leaves are destined to stay green. So what are you afraid of? And if there's fears, doubts, combusting, Anger, hurt, pains, addictions, all these things, God's going to reset. Being born again is the best reset. Repentance is the best reset. It's a giant reset button that says, let me start your life over. You really blew it up bad. Here's a new chance. And God's the God of a million chances. I couldn't set it any better than that. So if you need a reset and you need to repent and you're ready to change and you're ready for a shift and you're willing to say whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes...